dream of young men who came to train for a profession which was both cultural and commercial, had a special panache, and required a great deal of specialised knowledge and a shrewd power of assessment. This one was Beverly Willis, son of Lord Amplesham, and many had made the grave mistake of believing that his dandyism spelt effeminacy. "'Good morning, sir.' "'Good morning, Willis. Do you know a village called Nether "'I know it well.' answered Willis. A nice little trout stream runs through it, linking up with the Wiltshire Avon. Colonel Cunliffe lives at Nether Manor. The Cunliffes have been there for centuries. He broke off, as if afraid that his enthusiasm was running away with him. You don't know an Eliza Doe's, do you? Eliza. Eliza, Willis frowned delicately. No, sir, I don't think I know an Eliza. Though Doze does have a slightly feudal ring in my mind as being associated with the Cunliffs, but the name is fairly common in Wiltshire. So Eliza Doze is probably a real name. No reason at all why it shouldn't be, said Willis. The two names seem to fit very snugly together. Possibly, said Mannering dryly, but I'm not looking for a study in euphony. Are the Dozes you know or have heard of reliable families? Very reliable indeed, Willis assured him. The only black sheep I remember was Ezekiel Doe's. Good heavens, sir! I do know an Eliza. She used to be nanny to Colonel Cunliffe's daughters before she married Ezekiel. He was a second-hand dealer, the kind that used to be called a rag-and-bone man, and spent most of what little he earned on drink. But he must have been dead for ten years or more. I can only just remember him. Willis's interest showed in his eyes, but he refrained from voicing it. And Eliza wants me to go down and look at some oil pictures, Mannering said, solemnly. Some oil? Oh! Willis smiled, almost pained. Her phraseology, sir? Yes. Aren't there enough art dealers or antique dealers in Salisbury? Willis asked. The city's full of them, and very good ones too. At least two are excellent judges of paintings. Eliza Doe's doesn't trust them. Oh! said Willis, and wrinkled his long nose. Probably a bit clannish as a family, and I seem to remember some kind of sensation. He contemplated Mannering for some time, before going on. I could find out more without any trouble. I know the Cunliffs quite well. Talk to them on the telephone, will you? As a matter of fact, sir, one of the daughters lives in town. I might be able to find out something during lunch. See if she's free, Mannering said and was fully aware of the satisfaction which appeared in Willis's eyes. As he spoke, the telephone rang. Mannering lifted the receiver. Mrs. Besborough is here, sir, Larrabee informed him. Thanks, Josh. All right, Willis, let me know what you can. If she isn't free this morning, I'll have a shot at this evening, Willis promised. He opened the door, stepping aside for Mannering to enter the long, narrow shop to welcome Mrs. Besborough, who was standing by Larrabee. The contrast between them was quite remarkable, Larrabee being almost part of the background of oak panelling and beautiful paintings, of discreetly lit showcases containing jewellery and bibelot of great antiquity and interest, while Mrs. Besborough, very tall, very angular, was the last word in modernity of dress and manner. A woman of sixty, she had quite beautiful legs and a frank and uninhibited desire to show them. She was a South African, with a great deal of money, and had come to buy for a museum in a town in the Orange Free State. Mannering had learned already that she was an excellent businesswoman, 
knew what she wanted to buy, and would not waste his time. They shook hands. Mr. Mannering, I've decided not to take the Georgian silver, but I am interested in the medieval armour and the jewelled swords and lances. I feel that there will be a great deal of interest shown in them in South Africa, and I seem to remember a twelfth-century set of black forest hunting spears that would be of general interest too. Mannering spent most of the morning with her, then lunched off a sandwich and beer while he dictated letters. There were only two he did not answer, those from Eliza Doe's and Senor Hotellas, he could not make up his mind about either, and wanted to talk to Lorna about the South American possibility. If she were free from painting commissions and would like to come, they could mix business with pleasure. Immediately after lunch, he went to Christie's for a preview. There were some interesting Dutch portraits, but nothing he wanted for himself. A Chinese oil lamp of the 4th Ming Dynasty.